0: Good evening, and welcome to episode 69 of the Loaded Dice. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Why not? It's late at night. We can be juvenile. (laughs) That's a thing that's allowed on the internet, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome to episode 69, uh, which is all about the big 40k FAQ for 2019 uh, that dropped, uh, I want to say it was yesterday. It was. It was yesterday. It was yesterday morning. Um, and the really funny thing was I was actually listening to, uh, at the time, the latest episode of The Honest Wargamer. And they were ah. bitching about how the FAQ hadn't actually dropped and that all it would take is for them to put out an episode bitching about it and within 12 hours they'd drop it. I think it was a nine hour gap from when their episode released to when the FAQ dropped.
1: So what you're saying is this is all The Honest War Gamer's fault?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, they just wait for
0: them to do their, do their complaining episode, and then mm-hmm. they're like, Here, yeah, well, here you go. Uh, yep. Stick that in your pocket, smoke um, it. But though, by the way, if anybody isn't listening to The Honest Wargamer, um, go and give them a listen. Uh, it's Rob of uh, Warhammer TV fame from back in the day, uh, and a collection of other really cool hosts, uh, mainly an AOS podcast, but they also do a fair bit of 40k content. Uh, Twitch streams and all that sort of stuff as well, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, no, we're here to talk FAQ. Uh, It's probably going to be a shorter episode than normal because we are just looking at what's come out in the last two days for 40K in the FAQ. Uh, We're going to skip most of the preamble. We do like new stuff and the rest of it because I think we're going to do a normal episode next week as well. Um, And also there is an episode that has been lost on the cutting room floor uh, it is just chopped up into a million pieces, and we haven't had the uh, probably ability on my side to actually put them back together. But once we've got that, that will get released as well, um, which would have been the one that's, that's sort of missing from the lineup, I think 68. Um, yep. So that should be, <laughs> that will still be 68 when it comes out. Um, but hopefully, I can get that done in the next days. Nice. Please, nobody hold me to that.
1: It'll be a bumper crop then. You'll get three episodes of The Loaded Dice in one go.
0: Yeah, and then it will disappear for like five months or something. It's probably the way that'll happen.
1: Excellent. Look forward to.
0: So, how are you tonight, uh, uh, Mister Mister Taylor? Doug, um, even
1: well, thank you, Andrew. Um, not much to report. It's the middle of the week, so I have been working and sleeping, occasionally nice. eating in between, um, and that's about it. You?
0: Yeah, look, that's that's kind of about the same as, as looking after many <laughs> many screaming children. Yep. Um, and, yeah, just, just trying not to go insane. Uh, but it's only going to get worse. I was looking at the calendar the other day, and, you know, we're only, like, like a month and a bit out from end of financial year in Saturday here in Australia.
1: Um, yeah, that is <laughs> true.
0: Uh, which is really enjoyable. I've already had, like, I think four trips to my, uh, my, my business account in the last few weeks, um, which is – yeah, that never fun and costs you money. It's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so um, I actually haven't been doing that much stuff. I think the only hobby I've been doing is what I've popped up on the uh, on the Facebook page. And obviously, if you somehow found this podcast without finding the Facebook page, uh, go and look us up, the Looted Days podcast uh, on Facebook there. Um, we post all sorts of uh, rumors, new releases, hobby progress, uh, yep. event photos, all that sort of fun stuff. So go and check it's it
1: true. out. Actually, uh, I should link through some of the stuff from Brush with Destiny as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely should. Um, so, if anybody doesn't know, Doug, my courageous co-host, uh, being here at ten thirty at night on a on a uh,
1: on a school, school
0: night, I think <laughs> is the best way to term that. Um, he is also the uh, the CEO and grand bar of Brush with Destiny Painting Studios. So, if anybody's looking for a, a great commissioned painter, have you got any room on the books? The, the love of
1: God, don't send me an email. Yeah. I am packed pretty much through end of financial year into about August or September or something. I have too much to paint and not enough time to paint it. And I still want to do my own shit somewhere in there. Um, But, you know, that's okay. If stuff opens up, no doubt you'll hear about it online. Um, I am still happy to take emails, but just be aware that I may occasionally tell you I'm full. Go chat to somebody else.
0: Um, um he, he's also very partial to boxes full of miniatures packed inside of, like, large denomination banknotes.
1: Yeah, see, that's um, fine.
0: That, that will bump you to the front of the queue from what I've heard. <laughs>
1: that's true, unless it's Thousand Sons. Um.
0: Yeah, or, or um, Epic Night Wars, right?
1: Uh, maybe it's just the distance from that, but I think I'm ready to take on another six mil commission. <laughs> just not a big one anytime soon. Like, I'll do your Titanicus shit. Um. Actually that's a lie, I won't do that. I'm gonna <laughs> palm that off to painted right or someone. Um,
0: that's
1: okay. um I'll, I'll do real basic infantry. Like I'll paint a hundred guardsmen for you as long as you're happy with like wash painting and a dry brush and nothing else.
0: Fair enough. That that, that sounds that's, like, that's uh, what
1: uh, I have I'm space sure. for in my calendar at the moment. <laughs>
0: Uh, the struggles of a commission painter.
1: No, yes. yeah, no. Look,
0: it's it's, it's good. Obviously, uh, with with full books and the, and the rest of it, you're doing something, something right, which is yeah, uh, yeah, which is really good. So no, me, thank to see... you
1: to all of my clients who are keeping me in the in cash. <laughs> uh, shout you. out to all of you. I'm not going to list you by name because that would be weird. But thank you for sending me toys to paint and money yeah. to do it. <laughs>
0: And actually, I do need to give one one apology for tonight, um, and that's actually uh, our man from Kansas, uh, Dave Kerman. Uh He really wanted to be here tonight, but we couldn't make the time zones work, um, and apparently he had to actually go to real work. Um, oh, no. Big work, perhaps. Mm. Might be the way that we would term this. Um, big boy work. Um, <laughs> but they're sending lots of love out to Dave. Um and I'm sure he'll have a, a bunch of comments. Uh I might even be on one or two of the podcasts over in the US uh doing a guest stint as well. I would imagine. Oh, cool. I don't know. Um but yes, I don't know. He, he, he was quite he's a, a night player. Um so he was a little bit upset and sulky. <laughs> um.
1: his beloved Castellan has gone up uh a number of points. Yeah. That's fine. The Valiant is still cheap.
0: Oh, look! To be perfectly honest, I don't, I don't think he was that upset about it. I think it was just the inevitable um, that we sort of had been coming for the last twelve months. But uh, no, so that's so. Hopefully, we can uh, we can get Dave maybe on the next show and have yep. a chat. Um, but if you're on that side of the world, uh, definitely hit up uh, Dave from Invested Painting if you need anything, big or small.
1: Yeah, definitely. He
0: is painted. Um, he's doing a lot of terrain at the moment, uh, so if you jump on his Facebook page uh, at Invested Painting, you'll see all of his awesome Indeed. stuff. Um, yeah, okay, so um, I guess we better get into it, uh, and I just want to start off by just saying sort of bravo to Games Workshop, apart from being, you know, the best part of, you know, almost two months late with it, but we completely understand, that's okay. Um, I think they just need to basically say that whenever a Adepticon happens, they need, like, two to three weeks after it. Yeah. That should actually just be what it is, because... And that's not even being flippant. That's just, they literally said, we're not releasing anything till we go to Adepticon and see what happens. Yep. Um, And then Adepticon happens. And if anybody doesn't sort of know what went on over at Adepticon, um, what's the Elder Flyers? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's the Elder Flyers? And then obviously, you know, Castellans have been a ubiquitous kind of uh, soup choice for a very long time. Um, So. You know they're finally getting some, getting some love.
1: Uh, yes, so and yeah. um, Unari getting a quick nerf in the new White Dwarf.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually going. I was actually thinking we would probably cover that in a bit more depth next week because I haven't got my hands on it yet. I do not yes. think it's out in
1: Australia yet. Neither, neither do I. But you know they're all yeah. they're pretty much all the big Adepticon lists that have been hit with yeah. that in some way, shape, or form. Castellans have gone up. Unari got a tweak. Planes have gotten a tweak.
0: Yeah, uh, I think there was, and, and I think there's just been some, um, like, you know how usually with these FA, FAQs, one of the fun bits is is looking for the dumbass questions that people have asked, like, can I make this fortification my general? Yes. And then deep strike it. Um, yeah. There wasn't so much of that this year. Uh, yeah, this time, just this, this year. Uh, I, I think the, the, the best thing I was saying this to you just before we started is their release notes that they've done. Um, and by yeah. the way, if you're having problems finding the release notes, you need to go to the Warhammer Community FAQ article, and then there's a whole lot of buttons halfway down the article with like English, French, German, Japanese, and click the English one or whatever language you speak, and it'll give you the release notes document, um, which is a really good. I think it's like six or seven pages, and it's just these are the big reasons, these are the big changes we've made these are the reasons why we've done them and the philosophy behind it um and then obviously they've updated all their errata documents um and rules and all that sort of stuff as well Uh, and that's done in the more traditional you go and find your document on the warhammer community faqs and useful bits uh 40k site and you know imperial guard you click on that and then anything that's new this faq will be in pink yes I think they actually call it magenta, but that's fucking pink. I don't, I don't care what you
1: say. Yeah,
0: that's a yeah. that's a very aggressive salmon color.
1: That's all right. That's uh, just I, I assume that's what the style guide says they have to use. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's a there's a Pantone color there. Yeah. Um, so no, uh, so what we we were going to quickly run through is you know what the big changes are, what's what's sort of in this release notes, why they're doing it, and then you know I, I guess a bit of back and forth discussion on what we think it's going to mean for the game. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a couple of really big changes in here. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest ones is the way aircraft work as far as being able to um, block out the units that aren't aircraft Yep. Um, yep. and, and hinder people's movement. And if you watched anything from Adepticon or any of the big tournaments in the last yes. six months, um, you know, you take six elder flyers and you basically have so much board control that Nobody can do anything because I can't walk past you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so obviously that's all now been flipped on its head, and it's basically as long as you don't finish up standing on their base, you can just fucking you know dawdle past them, no no questions asked. Yeah. Um, which is a really fantastic change. Uh, obviously they've backpedalled on their, um, well maybe not obviously, but uh, they have backpedalled on their big change to the flanky word. Um, so now you can move over things in the assault phase. Um, what do you think of that one?
1: Yeah, like, I, I don't mind it. Like, I'm honestly, I'm reasonably happy one way or like, I don't really care either way. Um,
0: this is going to be a great discussion, then.
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, what do you think about this, Doug? Uh, don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I think it's probably not a bad call to be able to move over units, given that if you can move over a unit in the movement phase, then that's fine. You can hop across them in the, the charge phase. Um, the buildings thing is still there, and I think, like, as in you can't um, move over buildings? Yeah, yeah. Um, as if they weren't there. So that means you're kind of going up and over, I guess, for, for ruins and stuff, but um, that's fine, I think, given that people were, were playing buildings to basically get zero-inch charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, I think that's something I've been wanting to try and try and sort out, and I think this is probably a, a, a fairly good fix. Um, yep. Well, like, to be perfectly honest, I'm actually with you on this one. Is It doesn't really matter to me whether you can, you know, move over things in the assault phase or, you know, not do it. There. Possibly it made it a bit more tactical. Yeah. For the use of screens and things like that. It's just whether you feel that the game should include things like screens.
1: Yeah, um, pretty much. And, and kind of what you're doing to counter you know, assault marines or um, Harlequins or whatever. And and at one level, Harlequins and, and Wraiths and stuff should be able to move kind of where they want and do what they want. Um, yeah, that's
0: exactly right. And I think that, you know, when everybody is saying that, you know, Warhammer 40,000 is a shooting game, right? It's a shooting gallery. It's what it's all about. <laughs> making it harder to assault things or making it harder to control how you assault things when you know as much as it is a shooting gallery game there are definitely armies that are assault armies right there are builds that are assault builds and if you want people to be able to play those and want to play those armies well yeah maybe maybe it wasn't a great move to basically say hey you just have to you know deal with all this chaff in front
1: yeah match Uh the screen and then you can fight the things you want to fight
0: yeah, and it's sort of, I think the, you know, as much as I think screening's kind of, you know, almost a core cool mechanic in 8th edition, and personally I don't have a problem with it, mm. Um, I whether you want it to be a core cool mechanic for every army, like, you know, there aren't very, there are very few armies that don't have some sort of legitimate screen, like I would say that, you know, Grey Knights don't have a screen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Imperial Guard, right? Uh, the Grey Knights. Oh screen.
0: no, no, no! I, I, I'm sort of <laughs> I know you mean I'm mono gonna... builds, yeah. but yeah, but, well, but that's actually that's actually a good point, you know. You know, but the, how easy it is to just grab something from another codex to screen with
1: mm-hmm. one hundred and eighty points for the lucky thirty-two. Yeah, and uh, then that's your that's your chaff wall, and you can make it a bit punchy with orders.
0: Yeah, so I, I think there's, I think they're probably going in the right direction. Like I've always liked the punchy Warhammer forty thousand. <laughs> yeah like close like close range firefights with super brutal assault like almost like one of those things where the shooting should be so brutal that the assault when it, when and if it ever happens should be twice as brutal as the shooting is yeah if that kind of make sense it's kind of like the reward for being able to you know be the assault unit or whatever it is that gets through
1: is why it
0: basically scares the shit out of your gun line, right? Yeah, and once upon a time, that was you know, you know, third and fourth edition gene stealers and you know, death company with jump packs yep. that would basically cut loose through somebody's entire fucking army. Now, okay, maybe that's not super fun, but neither's playing an assault army and just being like so mad, I'm gonna have to cut my way through the 32 guardsmen, yeah, and then the mortar squads, and then it's like, you know, maybe there's something else there for me to kill, but there's probably not enough turns in the game to do it. And, yep. you know, I, I think there's a, there was a lot of that happening. Um, well, yeah. you, you know, you, you didn't see certain army builds competitively. Yeah. Like, they just didn't exist because what's the point in bringing some of that stuff? So, no, no, like, yeah. it's, um, it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so what we, um, I'm just seeing if there's anything in the forward by Robert and Crotters that's sort of worth jumping into. Basically, it just says, you know, they've had a ton of feedback from all their different feedback, you know, avenues. Um, and they yeah. believe that it's um, it's all come together into a fairly good FAQ. Um, so this is one thing that I, I think a lot of people still don't believe too much, especially if you are outside of the UK and the USA, and that is that your feedback actually gets to Games Workshop. Yep. And obviously they've just had the big community survey uh, might even still be up, I'm not too sure. But the feedback does kind of make it. The other thing that we do know from some sources is that there are a lot of people at Games Workshop that actually sit and trawl through what once would have been forums but are now Facebook groups and pages. Yeah. And obviously yep. they run their own, but they are in other ones. Um, and they do take feedback on board generally silently because can you imagine what would happen if somebody found out who you were and what you were there for? Um but yeah, yes. so it is one of those things they do take on feedback uh, it may not be exactly what you want, but I feel like they're doing a fairly good job compared to you know maybe the games workshop ten years ago,
1: yeah, for sure
0: so, you know, well <laughs> the, the way I say it, doug is you know if, if we're gonna call them on the bad stuff, which we do, when we think they're fucked up or we'll yep. say they're fucked up, I think you have to kind of like salute them for trying to do the right thing And then doing the right thing. Um, That's the other thing is that, you know, they definitely went through a period where you could tell they were trying to do something different and some things just weren't working. Whereas now I think, you know, like the FAQ system, okay, the difference between March and April, as I said, realistically, they should just scrap the whole March thing and say, look, it's going to be three weeks post Adepticon depending on when Adepticon turns up.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the same thing with, I mean, this is one of those things that often it's talked about particularly with stuff like video games, right? You either release a shitty thing on launch or you're a couple of months, like, and that hangs around forever, or you're a couple of months late on release and you've got a good product going forward. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, at one level, like you said, just say, right, Adepticon is kind of the the marker for this. So whenever that is, give us a month and then we'll have some uh, updated rules for you. 100%.
0: 100%. And I think that, you know, as much as there's probably screen, people screaming at their, you know, iPhones right now and their, their their podcast buddy apps about how, you know, the game should be run by Adepticon, which is just one tournament in America that I've never been to and all this sort of shit. Whether we like it or not, I think the way 40K is being treated as a game. And the sort of trajectory it's on as a hobby, as a game, especially as a competitive game, is one where they really can't not pay attention to that sort of thing. You know, they put their hand up in 8th edition and they said, look, we're going to have different ways to play this thing. Um, Competitive is in there. You know, like, match play competitive is there. And now they're actually sticking to it. And, you know, I, I just don't think that you can argue against that. I think that Adepticon you know he's probably the pinnacle for 40k yeah.
1: and i mean and that's the thing right like if you're playing narrative games in your garage who who gives a fuck what the faq says at the end of the day most of it's related to match play yeah. um or kind of is a is a rule that you can just ignore or a house rule to suit the way you're playing anyway
0: yeah that's exactly right
1: um, if you're playing open literally nothing matters so just go nuts <laughs> um but if you are wanting to play with a little bit of structure what you'll often find is that even if you never go to a tournament or even if you're never at Adepticon or the LVO at the other end of the year or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. those uh, events will ring out the the efficiencies and the the clear kind of, um, I guess, winners from the the points costs and the rules as they stand, which gives you a chance to look at kind of the base level, what is allowing those units to overperform? And is that something that we want to change? And how do we change that?
0: Yeah, and, and look, I think the other the other big thing is that you know, and I've said it a million times, is gamers have this weird relationship with Games Workshop, where they they hate Games Workshop and everything they do, yet they won't move a fucking muscle unless Games Workshop puts it in a rule book and says that it's a yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't things. But I think this is the best way to do it. So. Yeah. Um. Actually, one of the one of the coolest things I've seen in this is actually the first thing here for cool, cool rules changes and uh, clarifications, and that's on wobbly model syndrome, <laughs> um, because this is like, the, I've I've seen this abused to the shit house by different people. Um. I have seen you know hundreds of Facebook posts with people trying to clarify what the fuck they mean by wobbly model syndrome. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what we model syndrome is it it accounts as location for a model um the original intent for it and Wobbly model syndrome has been around since like third edition or fourth edition i think yeah the idea was if you're ever worried about your model falling over and getting damaged trying to place it somewhere on the battlefield so uh, that means if you're using a realm of battle board from Games Workshop, that is anywhere on the battlefield.
1: Yeah, literally um, anywhere.
0: <laughs> that isn't a giant pool of super glue. Mm. Um, you basically just put something in place of the model there, or you put it to one side and say, well, actually, no, my demon prince with the wings is up here. Um, but if I try and put him there, he's going to flip that entire building over, and you're going to get angry with me because I've just broken all your models. Yeah. Um, and, and what they're saying here is that basically the, the witness test for it is if somebody bumps the table, would it knock your model over? And if that's the case, then no, put it somewhere else, but say it's there. Yep. What is it is not used for, and what I've seen so many people try and argue that it is, is putting things where you physically could not place the model at all. Yes. So I, I think what, one of the ones I've, I've seen recently is um, trying to put like a a very large model, like, you know, 60 mil bases onto, like, the point of a spire.
1: Yeah, a yeah, yeah,
0: Yep. And going, well, no, it's up there, but wobbly model, I can't put it there. No, you'd have to be able to place it there. However, the risk would also have to be higher that if somebody bumped a table, it might fall off it fairly easily. Yes. But you actually do need to be able to put it there. Um, so you so- can't just decide that it's, you know... Oh well, I'm going to put it anywhere I want, even if it yeah. can sit there for a few seconds on its own, sort of thing.
1: So does that mean then, Andrew, that if I can balance a 60 mil base on the tip of that spire?
0: Yes, you're the, yes, yes. You're completely okay, okay with that if you can if you can balance it there. Apparently,
1: excellent. There's going to be some uh, <laughs> hand-eye coordination training, I'm sure, on the tournament team.
0: Maybe some counterweighted bases, right? Like,
1: yeah, that's right. It's got to stand on its own for a count of three or something.
0: Um, <laughs> I thought that, that was actually quite a quite a good um, clarification from them. Yeah. So that's something just to keep in mind is that you, you do need to attempt to put the model there and it needs to be able to physically go there and then just be sort of worried about it. I, I feel that wobbly mod- models actually came out of an age when metal miniatures were quite normal. Yeah, and that's phones, right. especially anybody that is a banner bearer or an icon bearer in mm-hmm. white metal. Those pricks on a twenty-five mil base were never going to stand up anywhere. No. That's the sort of stuff they're talking about is they just didn't want models getting damaged.
1: Um, yeah, and I guess it's it was also helpful for stuff like the old, um, like the old hills that you used to get that models couldn't actually stand on the side of, but that were kind of meant to be able to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like the the metal models would always slide
1: down the hill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have
1: to. Yeah. So so that's like, it's reasonably common sense, right? Like, whereas once upon a time, we might've just taken our metal model and laid them down on the hill and said they're roughly there. Wobbly model is just a way to codify that.
0: I I feel like the use of the word common sense is, is probably a bit dangerous. I've yeah. going through a 40k FAQ. Yeah. <laughs> but then no, I know we, yeah, that's exactly what, it is. what but it's yeah.
1: About. yeah. Well, the next one seems to fly in the face of all common sense anyway, right? The edge of the battlefield.
0: Yeah, so this is this was actually this one made me sit up and go, I'd never thought about that. <laughs> um just because like it it had never occurred to me to try and do something like this. <laughs> But basically what they've said is that the edge of the board is the edge of the board, and you can't go off it for any reason.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not even it's, its not even like the base can't be off the table, it's the model can't be off the table.
0: Uh, no part of the model or its base can be set up or moved over the edge of the battlefield. Yeah. So, for
1: example, if you've got a Valkyrie, you can't actually put the base hard up against the, the table edge because the wing will be over the edge.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Not that it will
1: ever... Like, not that it'll often come in to play, but...
0: No, well, it's probably not some sort of trick that um, anybody is trying to use, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, but okay. it, it might come into play with some of the bigger... Like the Orion or the Thunderhawk or something, If you depending on the base you've got that on.
0: Yeah, yeah, trying to... Well... <laughs> Yeah, Thunderhawk bases and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're not going to get that. You're probably going to have to sit all of them within what, eight inches?
1: Probably. Yeah, that's right. I mean, They're right a foot of yeah. ground or something. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so, this the key one. Uh, the next one after that, which is something that I have always had a problem with. I'll um, charge is, out
1: of robusted transport.
0: Yeah, and that is uh, disembarking from destroyed transports. Uh, and they, it's actually funny that they sort of detailed exactly what they had seen happen. So it's kind of like they've showed their working. Yeah. Uh, and this is what it is, is that some players have been exploiting this oversight and declaring charges against every possible unit in order to get their own transports destroyed. So then they can disembark their elite and very choppy units an extra few inches and secure a vital charge. So basically, what they're saying now is units to declare a charge during the same turn in which they disembarked from a destroyed transport. Yep. Perfect. Uh, loving that change. Um, I, I know, like ten minutes ago, I was, you know, saying how assault armies should be buffed and all this sort of stuff, but there was something there was something not right about you actually wanting the rhino to blow up, yeah, on its way into the enemy lines, and then your guys to be hurled forward in the giant explosion. Uh, ready to punch people. Yeah, that's
1: cool? That's, right. <laughs> that's good. Um, that? I have no objections.
0: I feel like maybe Orcs? Maybe Orcs with this one? Um, definitely yeah. World Eaters. Because it's about the only place to see Rhinos anymore, is with Berserkers.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Berserkers in Rhinos. But this was the only reason you were seeing that, right? <sighs>
0: I, I think so. I'm just I mean, also, it gets them the out. table a bit, but. Yeah. Um, Elder transports, maybe? No, I can't think of anything that Elder would charge out because you can't put shining spears and transports. Um, yeah. That's no, that's
1: right. right. Dark Reapers aren't going to charge, so. No,
0: no, that's no, basically no, the no.
1: entire Elder Codex out, so.
0: <laughs> Storm Guardians? Eight man <laughs> Uh but no, I, yes. yeah. I, for me, I'm for me. I just immediately went, Oh, it's like world leaders and and maybe orcs if anybody's running like trucks. Uh, those yeah, guys, gene Stealers,
1: maybe. maybe. bunch of acolytes out of a uh, um, out uh, of a Goliath,
0: Goliath or something like that. Yeah, possibly. Actually, yeah, that 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 could be because they're not particularly solid vehicles, are they?
1: No, Uh, but then again, if you're using vehicles in a Dean Stealer cult list, I think you're doing it wrong, but (laughs) that's just me. And I've always been a big fan of cult ambush, so.
0: Well, vehicles that aren't Lehman Russes, right? Shadow Swords?
1: No, why would you take a Lehman Russ? Brew Brothers are a much cheaper way to fill that brigade slot. You just take mortar teams. And And then you take whatever the hell you want, like a Shadow Sword.
0: (laughs) All right, so uh, the next one, the next uh, core rule change that we get to is what we were talking about originally, which is that units that can fly in the charge phase. So uh, back in uh, 2018, they included an errata which basically clipped people's wings. You could fly uh, in the movement phase. You couldn't fly in the charge phase, however. You couldn't move over intervening models. Uh, tall terrain features, buildings, those sort of things.
1: Yeah, during the charge um, phase.
0: Yeah. yeah, in 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 the charge phase, which is what we we're talking about, where you could block up people with screens, make them, you know. Yep. Crush their jet bike and push it towards a, a conscript screen or something like that. Um, however, they've now removed that, uh, on there, so there are some terrain features. That will stop you from doing it, Um, which is fair enough, I think. Although they are saying here that buildings are bastions, fortresses of redemptions, and other models with a fortification battlefield role. Okay, uh, sorry about that little uh, cut there. We thought we lost the internet, uh, but it was just bell muting himself.
1: I do that from time to time. Um, Yes, so we're back. What were we talking about?
0: uh, We were talking about uh, the changes to the fly keyword uh, and what it allows you to do. And I was just saying that uh, buildings, specifically Bastions, Fortresses of Redemption and other fortification battlefield role buildings. Yeah. Um, Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So So basically you can't hop over a building necessarily. Yeah. Um,
0: Which sounds good. Like, I like that. It, It does show the importance of terrain, which is good because I think 8th has been a little bit, Lackluster in the terrain department, uh,
1: yeah,
0: so impacting something like that, I think, is probably a, a good move for it.
1: Can still charge over a titan, though, uh, yeah, that's true. God damn it, Games Workshop, you <laughs> have one job, just fix it. Ugh. It's not that hard.
0: I'm gonna go burn on my shit now that you've told me that,
1: yeah, exactly right, right? Like, geez. yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the, the next 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 video stream will just be me smashing things with a mallet.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, fly. Um, it's the new mental onslaught. know, <laughs> it now.
0: Uh, so that that's that's really good. So anybody that yep. used, you know, I don't know what custodes, custodes dudes on bikes, uh, shining spears.
1: Yeah. Yep, Hang yep, on. Yep. Why
0: did they change us back? again?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't mind too much because particularly from a gene stealer perspective, if they're screening out charging units, then they're probably like, they're either screening out for deep striking or for flying units. If you know what I mean? Like the, the, the way you screen for those two things is slightly different. Yeah. Um, so if they're screening for flying things, then my cultists have more places to go.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's more things good. I have to keep in their head. If they're going to run a gun line, which means more mistakes. <laughs>
0: yeah, cogn- cognitive overload as a as mm-hmm. a technique I think is something that's incredibly valid in eighth tradition.
1: Yes, um, pulling a Bradbury, right? Just waiting yeah. for them to fuck up and then <laughs> skating across.
0: <laughs> sounds like James still a cult, for sure.
1: Pretty much. It's good.
0: <laughs> so, uh, next one after that, which is kind of roughly related to it, is uh, the aircraft keyword. Yeah. So uh, the aircraft keyword is basically anything with a flyer battlefield role that has a minimum move characteristics. Uh, so what we've been seeing, and this is what I we was saying before, is, you know, a bunch of Eldar flyers blocking off the table. You can't move past them because you're moving within one inch of an enemy, mo- enemy model. Yeah. Uh, they've seen this. They've had a lot of feedback basically saying that, you know, like it's an, obviously it's a very clear rule, but it just doesn't seem to be the right rule. Yep. Uh, and some, there'd be some fairly easy changes, which they go into here. Yep. So uh, the defined aircraft, which is anything with the flyer battle, uh, battlefield role with a minimum move characteristics.
1: Hang on. No, um, it's not if it's got the flyer battlefield role, it's if it has the fly keyword. Hmm. Um, is that right? Yeah. If a Hang unit on. can fly and it has a minimum move characteristic... Uh, Then that unit gains the aircraft keyword.
0: Oh, right. No, sorry. Yep. No, that's right. They were saying that they were seeing things with the flyer battlefield role.
1: Yeah. So that'll be, so that will include things like Marauders and Thunderhawks because they're super heavies, I think, normally instead of flyers. Um, But we'll also cover stuff like, um, I was going to say Hive Tyrants, but that's wrong. They don't have a minimum minimum move. Um, You know, but stuff like that things that are in weird slots, but that are still basically aircraft.
0: Yeah, and then uh, all units that have the hover jet ability are classed as aircraft, uh, even whilst they are hovering. Yes. And yep. what it means you can do is that when you add the aircraft keyword, uh, yep. but if a unit can fly and has a minimum move characteristics, that unit gets the aircraft keyword. Whenever an enemy model makes any kind of move, sorry, whenever a model makes any kind of move, it can be moved within one inch of an enemy aircraft and it can be moved across such models and their bases as if they were not there. But it cannot end the move on top of another model or its base, and it cannot end its move within one inch of an enemy unit. If one unit is selected to move in the movement phase, the only enemy unit, so within one inch of it, are aircraft, then it may still move, as it doesn't have to fall back and it's locked in combat or anything. Yeah. Uh, so what this means is, if somebody walls up a part of the board with a bunch of storm ravens or hemlocks or whatever it is, you can just walk on out of there. Yep. Oh, I like it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think the idea of blocking people in with those was
1: like, I, yeah.
0: As this is above it, it was a very clear rule. It just wasn't the right rule. Yep.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh, I, I think the, I, I don't think, I, this is one of the things with the, with the Games Workshop playtesters, as far as I can tell, is there must be the most innocent bunch of gamers anywhere in the world. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because nobody was like, oh, well, this is the unintended consequence of doing this, and that is that, you know, we're going to block an entire army into a corner and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. or, you know, block off, uh, block off objectives and all sorts of things using mm-hmm. units that generally have an incredibly large improvement characteristic. Yeah. Uh, no, that's all good. Uh, the next, next section.
1: Yeah, resetting up models. So this is basically if you're taking models off the table and putting them back on, um, mostly about how effects that are applied to them carry over. Uh, And the general rule of thumb is that if they had something that applied when you took them off the table, that carries on um, once you've put them back on the table. So if they're affected by a psychic power or a stratagem or stuff like that, um, carry it over. If it's an aura, though, they lose it if they're outside the aura range.
0: Yeah, Um, I actually had this conversation with somebody and I can't remember what it was over. I want to say it was on one of the Blood Angel Facebook pages. Yep. Um, about doing some sort of, I think it was a psychic power or something um, that could remove units and put them back down. Yeah. Um, and uh, to me, it seemed like it made sense. Whereas, like, uh, what was the example that I that I used at the time? I think it was like sending the next wave. So, like, recycling yep. a unit is different.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 Yes. Recycling is um, different.
0: But they generally specify that, like, you don't even get special weapons and attached characters back on those.
1: Yep. Um,
0: oh, sorry, not so much attached characters anymore. No, but... Uh, but you, know, you, you know what I mean, sort of thing. Yep. Um So, no, that's good. They've yep. done that uh,
1: Yeah, so points five to eight, which is basically it carries over all its stuff. Don't apply to units set up through sustained assault or units that have been added to your army during the battle. Um Yeah, so demonic ritual, fresh converts, tide to traders, green tide, more where they came from, sending the next wave, and endless swarm. So their new mm. units rather than old units yeah. coming back.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah. Like sort of like their replacement units as opposed to being replaced units? How's that for confusing?
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. They're they're fresh units rather than uh, units repositioning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I, I'm not entirely sure what that was affecting. Um, I think most people were playing that they kept whatever the effects were.
1: Well, the interesting uh, thing will be that if it's advanced, it continues to count as having advanced. So, or if it's uh, fallen back, it counts as having uh, continued to fall back. Yeah.
0: But okay. So you can't there was decide. a
1: little bit about being able to fall back out of combat, reposition a unit, and then because it's set up as reinforcements, it doesn't count as having fallen back.
0: Interesting mental gymnastics, but I can understand it.
1: Yes, Fair uh, Although, if you remove it before it's fallen back, it still doesn't count as having fallen back when it's set back up.
0: So, if you can use whatever it is to just move you out of combat instead of falling back, that's the best way to do it.
1: Yes, and in fact, this was used on me over the weekend. Oh. I just realised. Right. There you um, a Necron Overlord used his Veil of Darkness to escape combat with my aberrants and charged my neofi- uh, my Brood Brothers.
0: Yeah. And that's fair. That, that, yeah. that seems okay. Seems that's, legit. No yeah, problems there. Yep. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, and then the next section is what they call the organized event guidelines. Repeated data sheet clarification. <laughs> yes. So this is the if anybody was taking twelve demon princes because they took them from four different demon codexes. Um, yep. Well, sorry. A demon codex, Chaos Space Brings, Death Guard, and Thousand Sons. Uh, they've just clarified that these are actually the same data sheet. Yep. Uh for as far as organized play goes. The same has been said about Astra Militarum heavy weapons squads. Uh yep. there were some people that were trying to take them from Death Corps as well as Elysian, as well as normal. No, sorry, they're all the same. And then the same thing goes for Lehman Rosses within a Gene Steel Cult army. Uh, so I think what they're basically saying is if you think you can get around the rule of three, uh you can't. There's nothing yeah, that I've decided to leave out of that if that makes sense. Like I haven't done anything like this on purpose. Uh a demon prince is a demon prince is a demon prince. Yep. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Really. I know there were people that were running lists like that. Yep. Uh, and everybody always told them, Well, no, that doesn't really seem to be the way it goes, but
1: Yeah, that's right. Get ready to flip those extra mortar squads soon. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, uh, and then they have made Bolter discipline, uh, which was a, a, a sort of a playtest rule. Uh, they've yep. turned that into a finalised match play, but they've removed it from uh, space marine vehicles. So it's now yes. Terminators, bikers, Centurions, dreadnoughts, hellbrutes, uh, and I guess just normal infantry.
1: So uh, I hope not play those games with your Land Raider Crusader while the sun's showing <laughs> yeah, on them.
0: I was just, just going to um, say that. I think Land Raider Crusaders... Um, and what's the flying thing that's got a bunch of them on it?
1: Oh, there's the, a few. The
0: storm, I think the storm has got them on it.
1: And the Space Wolf um, Flyer and the Death Watch Flyer. And,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, literally every
1: the... marine plane has a Hurricane Bolter on it somewhere.
0: Yeah. So all those all those get <laughs> ditched. Um, yeah. Which is, you know... Yep. Is that fair enough? Is it not fair enough? I don't know. Uh, somebody, Fine. I think the, the most salient comment was like, you know, why are they nerfing Marines again?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, On the, upside, side, I, the Ironclad Dreadnought has a nice little niche now.
0: Oh, that's true, actually. Can Being the only me?
1: Bolter discipline Hurricane bolter.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that could there could be some play there. They probably cost still cost too many points though. Probably you
1: should I mean, it's Space Marines, see. so yes. But. Yeah. Relatively it might
0: be okay. Uh and then uh, Deathwatch has lost bolter drill on special ammunition. So if you yes. don't want to use special ammunition you can use bolter drill, but you can't use bolter drill on special ammunition. Yep. Uh, which is a shame. But oh what? and they and they also added in a note that custodes and Soraritas and anybody else is not going to get it. The bolter drill is basically as a result of them wanting to buff Space Marines carrying bolters as opposed to buffing bolters, which makes perfect sense.
1: No, but my my Imperial Guard commander is just as good with a bolter as a Space Marine because my fluff <laughs> says so. So he should have bolter discipline too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think it was all these all these people that were trying to trying to say that that you know custodes are so obviously you know the most incredible thing in the world. So what we actually need is bolter discipline on custodes.
1: That um, fucking. Wingefest, fest by the way about toad players being like we get the discipline too right is what made me quit all of the toad groups on facebook i was in
0: yeah i think i hit a couple of them because like i swear to god there are some absolute like gem facebook groups for like factions right yep um, same thing goes for like 30k legions some of them are fucking amazing like the 30k blood angel group is incredible um that's one of my favorite hangout places at the moment so painting up some 30k blood angels and it's just the best group of dudes the content is constant and high quality like you've got people in there like um little legend studios miles from uh yep oh i feel really bad i want to say it's age of darkness is the podcast that he does i could that really fucking wrong. i can't remember it's too late at night um (laughs) But then there's some just absolute shit-stained groups. <laughs> and the really interesting thing is that because I'm on so many groups and I probably spend way too much time on Facebook, there's a lot of people that are in a lot of groups with me, right? And it's funny seeing the way they act in one group versus another group. Yes. Um And some people in, like, so some groups are just, abs- like, just shit-shows. So, like, the customs groups when all this happens for 40k, was a mm-hmm. fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one at the moment that's really freaking bad is the Heretic Astartes, Um, the main Chaos Space Marine page. Oh, really? Uh, just all you need to do is go and ask a question about a fucking chain lord <laughs> with is chaos lord with two chain, chain swords, and it's just all fucking over. Um, <laughs> Like, some, some dude was literally... Like, somebody, like, doxxed some guy, like, found out where he lived and sent him in real-life death threats. Great. Um, Because he asked some... He asked a question that had already been asked. Like, it's one of those places where if you ask a question that somebody asked mm. five weeks ago, people kick your face in. Um, yeah. And there's, like, almost no hobby content. There's no... <laughs> yeah, so just... <laughs> don't think it's a good place to go. And at the actually at the moment, the latest refest I had from them was um, obliterators in this FAQ have been put to the actual 115 points up to 65. And it's like, yep. guys, you knew this was going to happen.
1: Like, yeah, that's right. This, this shouldn't be a surprise.
0: You are running around buying up like 8 million obliterators thinking they're going to stay at 65 points. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's an aside on Facebook, I guess.
1: Uh, Yeah, very much so. But that's fine.
0: uh, Next one is prepared positions.
1: Yep, so So that's that's the cover stratagem um, for the first turn, isn't it? Doesn't apply Uh, to Titanic units or aircraft.
0: Or fortifications.
1: Uh, Yeah, or flyers. But does mean that now you've got stuff like, um, I think, uh, maybe it was just flyers originally. Was that the case? Titanic and flyers? I think they might have just slotted aircraft in so that you're not sneaking in a guy with cover who wouldn't normally get it. So that's good. Uh,
0: Yep. So technical restraint. Yep. So this is the only being able to get one command point per battle round. Yep. Um, And that is we've clarified it uh, that command points gained via psychic powers are included yes. and uh, they are excluding command points that are spent uh, before the battle has begun for being refunded at all. So if you're using command points to buy extra relics yeah. special detachments from like Vigilus and stuff nothing allows you to get those points back.
1: <laughs> uh, but what if
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you get on your board of discipline, fucking custodes, jump back and piss off. Yep. Next one is tactical reserves. So once again, this is from the the last one. I'm just seeing if it has. So instead of being set up on the battlefield during deployment, many answer the ability to be set up in the high orbit or ambush. Uh, when setting up your army during deployment for a match play game, at least half the total number of the units in your army must be set up on the battlefield, and the combined points value of all units you set up on the battlefield during deployment must be at least half of your army's total points, uh, even if every unit in your army has ability it will not be able to set up elsewhere. Furthermore, in match play games, units that are, placed, that are not placed in the battlefield during deployment in order to arrive on the battle mid game as reinforcements cannot arrive during the first battle round. Finally, any unit that has not arrived in the battlefield by the end of the third battle round counts as being destroyed. Um, so if I'm reading that correctly, that means that you can't deep strike on the first turn into your deployment zone anymore? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Perfect. Uh,
1: yes. Oh yeah. It's fine, it's fine. We'll get there when we talk about the Steeler Cult FAQ. <laughs> <laughs> I have some thoughts. Uh, uh, that's basically also, right. Other than that, it's yeah. just some stratagems get rebalanced. Uh, yeah, so they have an
0: interim balance review. Yeah. Uh, so this was basically things like I think the big one that everybody's talking about is the fact that Rotate Iron Shields now only really works to a maximum of four plus for Imperial Knights. Yep. Oh, no. Uh, oh, look, you know, being able to get a, a three plus. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit rough that' 3 plus was, was a bit nuts mm-hmm. uh, which is fine um, <laughs> uh, i've got this mechanicus is this the same as the one
1: above it yep um, uh, high on shields again then,
0: same thing yeah uh, death grip changed the penultimate sentence of the stratagem which is the second to last uh, if your opponent rolled a six and and or if the result is equal to a higher, than it was the enemy breaks free. Otherwise, the enemy model suffers an additional D3 mortal wounds and both players roll off as before. Yep.
1: Just stops you from being auto-killed by Death Grip. Yeah. They did the same thing with Mental Onslaught. as think the way, that's awesome. the
0: next part is, yeah, Mental Onslaught, you can roll six
1: for it as yep. well.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, uh,
1: assassins cost an extra command point now to drop in, so it's 85 points and 2 CP. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to be honest, that probably makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And the other thing is that uh, was it always a one-use strategy? Yes. Okay, all right. I couldn't remember if it was. I didn't have the White Dwarf handy. Yeah. Um, That's that's good. You can still have your Assassin. It's still cheap. It's still a very good choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think we as well, I'm always seeing a lot of feedback that Assassins are definitely there. And yes. they're popping up and they're popping up in like numbers. Like yeah. I'm still stuck in this mindset from twenty five years ago that was like you could take one imperial assassin.
1: Yeah, no, uh, get with the times, old man.
0: Yeah, you can then uh, have like these fucking assassin clades of you know five kill access or something like that. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah, oh it's still it's still a super good stratagem. Yeah, uh, And especially, like, if you're taking an Imperial Knight army or something like that, you've just had a bunch of other stuff nerfed Well, you've got some extra CP to use on this strategy now. So that's good.
1: Oh, no, there is another change.
0: What's another change?
1: Uh, your Imperial Warlord can't be fallen. So there's no assassins in Chaos armies anymore.
0: Uh, you know, I did hear somebody say that that was actually a way you could do it because they borrowed the same keyword
1: so because cypher has the imperium keyword, keyword yeah you make him your warlord for your chaos army and you and can drop you an can assassin, assassin in assassin, so now they're excluding yeah. fallen altogether which is a shame yeah. i like the idea of an assassin getting duped by uh <laughs> cypher and being like all right we're working up who am i killing gulliman what
0: <sighs> okay <laughs> yeah once a, once again playtesters and rules writers being super innocent gamers Mm -hmm. Uh, No, surely nobody would suggest an imperial assassin in a chaos army. (laughs) Oh God! Okay,
1: (laughs) hasn't excluded brood brothers. I notice, although you can't make a brood brothers uh, imperium unit your warlord, so that's fine.
0: (laughs) Oh no, it is if you're warlord, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh... Orc, stratagems, uh, so the mod-up, I haven't actually read this
1: one yet. So mob-up only applies to boys now rather than any unit, so you can't mob-up your looters or your mega-nobles. Oh,
0: noble. holy shit. Yeah. That's a massive, wow, okay, how did I not read this before? So that's a massive fucking change. Yep. That's a humongous change, actually. Yep.
1: Uh, we've also changed the wording of the rule, so it's used just before reinforcements are set up on the battlefield. Um, blah, blah 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 yep, yeah. yep. yep. Easy.
0: Okay, alright, so that's actually uh, that's basically is completely gone from competitive orc armies in that case
1: You would think so, given that it, they're too squishy as 10-man units to really
0: Yeah, and they're actually fucking terrible and anybody that uses them should feel bad about themselves <laughs> um, I'm going to yes. make a shooting orc army It's
1: like um, making a shooting cult like steal a cult army yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, but why? Why would you? Mm-hmm. Um
0: no, okay, so that's 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 pretty big. I somehow glossed over that. Well, I don't play Orcs, that's probably why I glossed over it. Yeah. Um. Yep, so, Okay, so that's cool. Uh,
1: Craftworld psychic powers basically all just adapted so that they're Assyriani, not Eldari.
0: Yeah, and wasn't there? Wasn't that basically saying that they didn't want Doom in Dark Elder Lists?
1: Pretty much. Yep. Yeah.
0: No Doom in Dark Elder Lists. Sorry, guys.
1: You've I mean, you can text? still have Doom in a Dark Elder List. It just doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect you. Uh, so. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Uh, and then, obviously, the uh, the last sort of one in here, which is the points tweaks to the knight castellans. So, yep. um...
1: glad to see an imperial castellan's cheaper than a renegade one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I don't know
1: why that's the case. Why is the huh? Uh Can you double up on weapons on a renegade?
0: I didn't think you could on a castellan. Uh, okay. No, maybe you can Maybe you can for them as well, yeah
1: You definitely can so, in 30k uh,
0: Okay, note that the difference in points cost between the Imperial Renegade version Accounts for the fact that the base cost of a Castellan Is already 10 oh, It's already uh, 10 okay. points more than a Renegade Knight Dominus okay. So it just balances that So they're exactly the same points when you set them up the same way With a Decimator and a Volcano Lance. Yeah. Yep. Um, so look okay. Ah. Uh, It'd be good to have Dave here to talk about his knights. Um, well, no, no, you're a knights player, Doug. I am. Is a hundred... I think a hundred points. It's still... It's like, a, like, a Castellan's still damn good at an extra hundred points.
1: Yeah, yes. I, do, I don't see anybody... Mm. The tricky part is that a lot of those kind of the list armies that were like the Castellan and the Lucky 32 and... Some Science toad captains on bikes like that, or yeah. some Algrins or Bulgrens or something. They're so finely tuned that 100 points is actually real hard to find. Okay. I mean, you, you'd probably still make the space. Like, you'd drop.
0: Yeah, that's Maybe. what I mean is that, it, yeah. is that I feel like, you know, they'll have to retune it. And for a lot of those guys, that's probably the fun of it. And they're at least yes. just to just sit back and give it, you know, three days or four days. <laughs> yep. But I remember, you know, going back a year ago when they were first saying, Castellans need a hundred to a hundred and fifty point bump. People were writing lists with them with that hundred points already on it. Yeah. And they were and most people, and I mean, you know, whether you want to look at like the forge the narrative guys or you know, um uh, the long war guys, um, so yep. we're talking like top competitive players, you know, Nick Manon, Marty, um Shit, I now can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, the guy was captaining Team America for the ATC for a while.
1: Yep yep, um, yep, 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 yep.
0: And, like, they all said the same thing, which was, like, well, okay, it goes up by 100 points, we'll find 100 points. goes up by 150 points, we'll find 150 points. They were really only saying that they would start worrying at about 200-point mark, and they yeah. didn't say that it was 200 points under cost, so they felt that 100 to 150 points was where it was going to be. Yep. And it would be worth making sacrifices to even at that extra 100 points or whatever. So,
1: Yeah. Because that I would guess... take it up to 705 base?
0: Uh, I don't have any points in front uh, of me. Yeah, 605 base 100%.
1: for a Dominus, or for a Castellan originally? Yep.
0: Okay, um, so I base, on, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: 705. I mean, that's a big chunk of your army, but you'd probably still pay it if you've built your list around it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and look, okay, then uh, some of the night stratagems have changed around a bit, which is going to hurt them.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, I suspect the the big benefit of it is that there'll be less plug and play, so they won't be in every list, but they will still be in the lists where that were, where that are kind of built around them. Yeah,
0: the, I, I I've, I've got to disagree. I, I actually think that every single person's taking one of these is still going to take one of those. They're, they, they, they have the problem that they were way too effective. They did so much more than what they should have been able to do, right? Like combat, survivability, ranged combat. Like they just do it all really fucking well. They're really yeah, anywhere, I mean, the... like I think they're still probably really good. Like, I think if you're looking for efficiency choices in a competitive list, I don't think there's much that would even come close to what a Castellan can do at that point sort of bracket.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably more tempted to take a Valiant now than I was for, like, a, a, a straight competitive list. Because they're still 595. So I don't know. I feel like there's still a bit of a bit of play in maybe swapping out the Castellan for a Valiant.
0: Are they survivable?
1: Uh, well, it's the same chassis. So if you if you kitted out your Castellan for survivability, your Valiant.
0: <laughs> but, will but but, but I, I, I say that in that you know like obviously like what's the range on the on the Valiant's harpoon?
1: Uh, Twelve inches.
0: What's the range of a Volcano Lance?
1: Ah, oh,
0: much longer, but like, but that's that's what I kind of mean. Is it's you know, they I, I just feel like yeah, like the valiant has to be in some much more dangerous situations compared to what the castellan is, which is like such a, like such a great benefit of the castellan is you can basically put it in the back corner of the board and you know, bobs your uncle.
1: Yeah, but then you're not using its feet. That's a whole bunch of points you're not kind of... Or a whole bunch of attacks that you're
0: not using. So, so you feel that you would drop... Would you drop it in a pure knight's list? In a 2,000-point pure knight's list? Would you- a castellan? Yeah, would you get rid of it? If you had a castellan, um... you'd a hundred points, would you try and find 100 points? Or would you go... Maybe we go look at, like, a valiant.
1: Well, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I built my knight's list with a valiant in it. <laughs> Even when the Castellan was 100 points cheaper. Yeah. Um. But given that it's kind of, like, effectively it's something like an extra armager now in a knight's list. So, like, is the discrepancy between a Castellan and a Valiant worth an armager? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's probably a decent way to put it, actually.
1: Probably be inclined to drop the Castellan for a Valiant and take another Helverin.
0: Yeah,
1: and then have the Helverins kind of running around the back because then I'm not wasting points or wasting kind of uh, combat power because the Helverins can't do shit in combat anyway. So no, they'll no, sit at the back and blink, blink away. away. And then the Valiant can run up and Harpoon a Leman Russ in one turn and do all that other shit.
0: Actually, one one thing I've noticed just, just on the, the top of um, Helverins, because I think a lot of us, you know, in... in... The alternate reality that is Podcasterville um, mm. suggested that Helvrons were going to be the most amazing thing, and everybody's going to take them. And I've hardly seen them. Like when you, see, yeah. you go through the lists on, um, you know, BCP and and all those sort of apps, and you see what comes back, there, there really aren't that many Helvrons running around, especially not at the top tables.
1: Yeah, you, you find more renegade ones, I think, than.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you do find them in there bolstering that, but I, it's just interesting like I I honestly would have said that you know, uh, the, the air quotes that list if we had a looked when you know the, the Helverins came out, I would have said, oh they'll be in every one. You'll have two of them at least. Two yeah. or three in every single list. You'll always find the point, the room for it. And I'm actually wondering like, this is the thing with the Castellans because now you've got me a bit worried about my my defense sort of like, well, okay, an extra 100 points, everybody's going to find it. Yep. It might be, like, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I think there'll be some people that will definitely leave them in. Um, but, yeah, I just wonder whether, you know, the, the top tier players that may have been running cast lists of different types yep. aren't going well. No, actually, you know what? I Maybe the 100 points is enough to get me wanting to look at other options again and see what's <laughs> out there.
1: I think it will definitely do that at least, right? It'll it'll force people to go. Actually, is there something else I could be
0: yeah. spending
1: the the points on?
0: What's What's that look like compared to say a shadow sword? Like, is it something where like a shadow sword maybe pops up again as
1: being? Uh, mm, yeah, maybe you might say. I mean, the the challenge of the shadow sword on. is always that it has um, no invulnerable save. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the the main reason you don't see many Helverins is because it um, Helverins don't give you command points. So if you put in a, a Castellan and two Helverins, you get zero command points out of it. Yeah. But if you go Castellan Gallant Gallant, for example, because they're yep. the cheapest yep. extra knight, yep. you get six command points. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I think you'll at least see people considering something like. Because uh, how many points is a shadow sword? Um,
0: uh, around, I think they're around 500
1: mark, 500 a bit. Yeah, see, I'd probably still be inclined to just go for a, a Valiant.
0: Go a Valiant instead of it, yeah.
1: Oh no, 430 plus twin heavy bolters, 444 points.
0: Do you have to pay for the Volcano Cannon?
1: Nah, the gun's, the gun's free.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, well, that, that's that's a fairly that's a fairly big discrepancy there.
1: Yeah, what's the so the what's the cheap ones? Um, Bane swords three ninety, Bane blades four thirty.
0: Oh, I was just thinking about trying to get like a like a, a, a volcano cannon. Yeah. A volcano cannon back into the list. Basically. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Even a stormlord, if you wanted to do something stupid, four hundred and thirty points. Yeah, that's put your ball grins one. in that. Run it up the field.
0: Yeah. So, no, I think that's, that's going to be one to watch is whether the whether the Castellan change is just, like, I think it's a good change. It's just whether it's going to affect anything that much.
1: Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. What, what I suspect you might see is that if people keep it, they might move away from the triple detachment. And just, because get, it, just the go. Points through. won't be there. Yeah, and just make it something like a, maybe what you might see is some more brigades. So, like, some cheap guard brigades with some extra bits and pieces and then a Castellan.
0: Yeah, that, that could be the case. The, actually the other thing that sort of struck me when I sort of said maybe like Shadow Sword or Bane Blade or, or similar instead <laughs> is the fact that, you know, and this isn't really to do with the, the games workshop stuff, but you know, obviously big news out of the ITC is that they've changed the way mm-hmm. signal faction awards work. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which and I can't remember who I was listening to or reading the other day. They're basically saying that in the There are quite a few tournaments, ITC tournaments from like you know, rogue trader ones up to slightly bigger ones that have occurred in the last couple of weeks since they've changed the ruling. Mono faction has basically just taken over again. Yeah. So what the ITC ruling is, um to be eligible to win your faction, like best in faction award at the end of the year, so you want to be the best space brain player or the best imperial guard player, you can you can't just have like a like 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 a super army. Yes. And just say well okay well I do have the Imperial Guard detachment so I'm going to play this as an Imperial Guard army. Yep. So that's a that's a that's pretty massive. Um,
1: yeah, cuz now all of the super armies are basically competing for best in faction Imperium, right? Or best in faction Chaos, or best in faction Eldar. Uh,
0: yeah, that's kind of my understanding. Yeah. I think those I think those I think there is still awards for like best imperial. Yeah, I think I don't even know. I know there was. And I don't know whether they got got rid of those at the same time. Well, it would make sense. That it's still it's there. Like, it's just
1: a huge pool now. If everybody's yeah. running the same list, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and, and then it's you know all about well, and I think this is interesting. This is something that. Once again, I'm parroting, and I can't remember who the hell I'm parroting on this, but it was kind of like the odds of you winning the entire ITC, right, even for somebody in America that can go to
1: all yeah. the major
0: events every year, is so incredibly small. Yep. Like, it's tiny. Like, I think they said they had a couple of tens of thousands people, like, ready- yeah. Points right. in the last year, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Like it is the largest format of 40k mm-hmm. played anywhere in the world. Um, but <laughs> they're saying like, you know, the odds of you winning that. So like, people aren't out there prepping to win that. Like there there aren't many people out there going realistically. I want to be the best 40k player in ITC this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a very. It's actually only a very small pool of people that can realistically say that's their goal. Yes. Sure. But to say that you're like I think the I think one of the things they used was like, you know, best in faction for Imperial Agents. Yep. Was the easiest one to win last year, <laughs> based off, you know, how many games you had to play and, and how many people you had to beat or something like that. Yeah. Points. But it's much more realistic to go out there going, I want to be the best orc player, or I want <laughs> to be the best in you know, uh space marine player, or you know, you find some ridiculous faction like Imperial Agents. Yep. Um and going with that, like, I think somebody said something about, like, uh, the best infection faction for Umber Hulk players. Not <laughs> um, Umberhulk, Jesus, what do they call Amble. them? Ambles. Yeah, Ambles. Sorry, they just look like an Umber hulk. Yep. Uh-
1: yeah, <laughs> best in faction, unaligned,
0: uh, un- yeah. Uh- uh- unaligned or something like that, you know, was going to be a big one. But, yeah, it's so I think between that and because so much of the data, like, you know, the, the Vegas open and all that sort of stuff is ITC-driven. Yep. That that itself you might see the Castellan only hanging around in those pure knights lists. Yes. Because now it's more expensive. Plus I'm probably, you know, I'm more interested in going for, like, you know, Best Infection Blood Angel. <laughs> yes. So I'm to keep the yeah. Smash Captain part of it and I'm just going to build up around that. Yep. Or I'm just going to keep the, uh, you know, Best Infection Custodes and just go pure Custodes, keep the, the guys on Bikes. And build up around that. That's what's going to be interesting to see is you know this interacting with the ITC change. And obviously, if you're not playing ITC, it probably doesn't make that much difference. Although generally, that meta does kind of end up pervading all of forty k everywhere in the world. It's just sort of the way it works. Yep. Yeah. So Yeah. uh, yeah. Um. That's everything that they've put on their release notes as being, like, big changes, the big core changes. Obviously, every Codex, I think, has basically had some sort of changes made to them. Yes. Uh, So were there any that you wanted to have a bit of a look at there, Doug? Uh,
1: Steel Cult's my army for the year. I can have a quick chat about there. Yeah, perfect.
0: Let's do that. I think they're going to be a super popular army because, you you know, once again, mono-faction Stealer Cult is, well, super powerful. And I think we're only just starting to scratch the surface with what you can do competitively with the Cult build.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's um, certainly hard to counter at small games. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode where I talk about games played. Um, yeah, honestly, there's not, there's not a huge amount of changes here. There's a lot of magenta text, but it's not saying an awful lot is kind of the thing. Um, so one of the ones that we talked about, I think it was off air, um, is that, Brood brothers that are in Codex Gene Stealer Cult can no longer take orders from officers from Codex Astra Militarum. Mm. And um, you seem
0: to suggest that was actually quite a, a common phenomenon to sort of see.
1: Well, yeah, mostly because you could get a Brood, a brood Brother squad from Codex Stealer Cults up to 20 and then sit a Tempestor Prime behind two squads of that and give them both first rank, second rank, and you've basically got conscript squads back, but their leadership eight. Um, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, also means that you can't order ogrons um, and company commanders can't can't order scions around. So part of the part of the challenge with brood brothers is that the the regiment kind of becomes brood brothers, but that also replaces militarum tempestus and a few other keywords, yeah. um, which meant that people were kind of getting around stuff and saying, oh, if they're all brood brothers, can I order a bunch of ratlings with my company commander? Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It actually,
0: so, actually made them—you know—significantly better, right?
1: Uh significantly is a bit of a stretch. It's better for <laughs> Ogrins because you can make them fight in the shoot in the shooting phase. Yeah, yeah. Or Bulgrins, whichever one's better. Um, so there's that. Um, the other big change was uh, Mental Onslaught got changed to be in line with Death Grip. So if your opponent rolls a six, they stop the chain. Um, As opposed to just removing your Warlord Titan because the Patriarch (laughs) looks at it funny.
0: Yeah, getting dumped off the table. (laughs)
1: Um, uh, The only other one was, or the only other big one was they came from below. So my favorite stratagem, uh, where you take three units off or three blips off the table uh, and deploy them or put them underground. So people, including me, were using that to get around tactical reserves because they started on the table, and then you take them off with the stratagem, and then you deploy them turn one. Um, So you get quite a nice turn one deep strike. You can no longer do that. Uh, They've added any units set up underground in this way, so using that stratagem. Cannot arrive on the battlefield during the first battle round, and you can only use it once per battle, so I can't blow a bunch of command points, take my whole army off the table, and then redeploy it wherever I want. Uh, which is a shame but that's fine you know we live with these sorts of little disappointments
0: <laughs> I'm sure being James still cult you'll adapt and overcome in no time yes anything else there from the uh, the, the cult errata? you wanted to have ah,
1: uh, amulet of the void worm now applies to the whole unit not just the character
0: so is it the one that um, ignored Overwatch. No, that wasn't the one that, it, it is the
1: one that ignored Overwatch? Yes, so ignores Overwatch and plus one to saves uh, when it's being shot at. So the the problem with it was that if you had a Patriarch with the Amulet of the Void Worm, so he's immune to Overwatch, um, plus one to saves in the shooting phase, but you gave him a Familiar, the Familiar wasn't immune to Overwatch. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, because it's kind of how you get, it, you get it into a
1: unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. so it's, it's mostly for using Familiars. Um, And so what you'd have happen is that the Patriarch would charge and they'd shoot the Familiar, but because wounds spill over in a unit, you'd start putting hits on the the Patriarch. So people just weren't taking Familiars with Patriarchs. Not if you were giving it the Amulet anyway. Um, But now the whole unit gets it. Um, Interestingly enough, the um, the little dudes don't get the plus
0: one save.
1: Sorry? (laughs) <laughs> oh, buffing celiacal. Yeah It's fine um, Other than that, there's, there's nothing else Really? I mean, just some clarifications On shooting guys Shooting psykers with Sancti and How mind control works But other than that, it's Nothing new
0: Fair
1: enough um, Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it It hasn't really changed my playstyle terribly much Because I wasn't doing much with the guard side of it Anyway
0: no, I would imagine it's more the um, the removing extra units off the, ta- off the table and all yeah. That kind of stuff. I've, seen, oh, well, I've seen well, I've seen you do that. I haven't seen you play with garden your your stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think kind of like our conversation with the castellan. Right, I'll probably still spend the command points or the command pointer on they came from below. Yes, yeah. because it gives me extra units to be able to deep strike in on turn two.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so it like gives you what like, like that's that rules all about flexibility? Yes, correct. And you still get it, it's just slightly different flexibility, so... Yep. Pretty yeah. much. So, very cool. I
1: mean, yeah. Uh, any that you kind of particularly had an eye on?
0: Yeah, well, I, I thought I'd just, same as you, um, mainly playing guard at the moment, so... Yep. I thought I'd have a bit of a chat about the guard stuff. Uh, yeah, not all be... of it, because I don't want to talk about Ryan and Routh. Uh, what I want to talk about is Valkyries and Grave Shooters, so I shouldn't one
1: thing. Petrov's Mark 45. <laughs> no, 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 I went, went to pistol two, I think. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. But no, uh, one thing I've been trying to do is come up with like a, like a, a competitive mono faction Imperial Guard army that was not a gun line. Yep. And this came out of our discussions about the KDM 122nd army that I'm building yes. and wanting it to look different from saying I'm going legion Or any other sort of Imperial Guard armies that are floating around the place. And one of the things I was seriously considering doing was going back to like a Valkyrie Air Force Mm -hmm. and dropping in things like Crusaders. Uh, Yeah. You know, or playing around with, I don't think stormtroopers were ever going to be the case, but you know, playing with stormtroopers, playing with the Elysian List from Forge World and just seeing what we could, what you could kind of do. Uh, but so what they've now done is that if you do use grab shoot insertion, which is jumping out of a Valkyrie when it's flying across the battlefield, mm-hmm. um, you can't move further during that phase. Yes. Um, and then you've got to roll the d6 and see if anybody gets uh, gets hurt if the Valkyrie's moved more than twenty inches. Um, so basically, what that's what that means is you then you know the best you're going to be is like nine inches away for a charge. Or whatever it is, you're you're not going to get the extra. There were ways to get extra movement. Yes. um, Once you hit the ground. So that's one. Uh, And then the other one that I thought I'd just sort of mention, apart from um, Petrov's Mark 45 that you've already stolen my thunder on, um, is can I issue move, move, move to a unit that's fallen back this turn? Yep. Uh, And no, you can't. Because move, move, move is an advanced move, and if you're falling back, you cannot advance. So that's something that both you and I are actually guilty of doing. Yes. Um, because it's sort of the way that it's written gives you the impression that it's exactly what that's kind of supposed to be used for in some cases.
1: Yeah, for bouncing unit out of combat and then moving it towards an objective or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. It's the kind of, you know, give them a kick up the butt after the have left combat. But they're saying they can't, you can't do that anymore. So, yep.
1: Um, thought
0: that was a little bit interesting. So,
1: yep. Um, Dagger of Two Socks has been nerfed as well, I see. Uh,
0: that happened a while ago, though, didn't it?
1: No, they've changed it again. You can only set up one extra unit.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Hang on. So. <laughs> Ah, right. I guess the yeah. first section of it is in black. Yeah, now I yep. can that now. Fair enough. Because
1: um, we were all using that so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that had its, its brief moment in the summit for about forty-five minutes after the codex dropped.
1: Yeah. while well, you could still put a bane blade in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Tactical genius.
1: Mm-hmm. I've got a shiny knife. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see me. Wait, what?
0: all <laughs> I can imagine is um is, 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 is Drax I've, I've mastered the <laughs> the ability to you know move so slowly that I, you cannot perceive me oh, Fucking hell, Jesus Christ uh Drax <laughs> uh, well look I, I think that's everything that we want to say about this FAQ uh obviously yeah. I think it might pop up if we're talking about like specific armies in the next ep- the next couple of episodes and whatnot uh, we might revisit, or if, you know, any amazing startling changes that we haven't kind of thought of pop yep. up, uh, like, mob up. I don't know how I missed that. I have no <laughs> idea how I missed that. Um,
1: Interesting time to be an orc, I guess. But,
0: but, but yeah, so, uh, what are your overall thoughts on the FAQ, apart from, you're still going to play the game regardless of what they doing, you don't do a fuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's probably a much more, and we've, we've seen this sort of trajectory as we've been looking at uh, faqs and updates as they've come out they're getting increasingly more subtle so it's not quite the same sort of wholesale changes that we saw with the first round of faqs and chapter approved and updates and stuff it's more those sorts of here are some things which aren't working quite as intended let's tweak them so that they do work as intended or so that some rules kind of artifact that's not making any sense from kind of a narrative perspective starts to, to work the way we kind of envisaged it working. Um, overall, I think it's pretty good, nice and subtle tweaks are good. I think the fact that, you know, we're not sure which way the castle is going to go is probably a good indicator that they've got it right. It's not so many points that it's just out of the question, but it's not so few extra points that it's irrelevant. Um, yeah, I think overall it's good. I think, you know, as, as people read their own FAQs and figure out what's good and what's changed and all that sort of stuff, we'll see more and more stuff online in our beautiful faction-specific Facebook groups uh, <laughs> about the things that, you know, they're really happy about and the things which perhaps they may express some concern about yeah. vocally with angry emojis. Um, but that's fine. But, you know, we'll see that. It'll all shake out. And by the time we hit, you know, the LVO or even the Nova Open, that's coming up too. Um, I'm sure we'll have a new meta with new units that are worth taking and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I look forward to it.
0: So so do you have that? That was a very political response from you there on that one. I thought that was, that was very good at dodging the question.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll let Chris well, answer um, <laughs> Apologies um, to those who aren't following Australian politics at the moment. That was funny, I promise you.
0: Uh, what, what, what would your main prediction be out of this FAQ? What do you think the biggest changes we're going to see in like the meta landscape of, 40, of competitive 40K as a result of this?
1: Can I just predict everyone's going to have more fun? Um, no. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you so, um, so wrong You've got to remember that we all hate this game That we spend so much time playing and talking about
1: Yes, sorry, yes You are quite correct Clearly Fly is going to come back in a big way I think you'll see some more flying units um, Or units that never went away like Shining Spears Will get a new lease on life Because they'll be able to do a little bit more yep. um, Like you said before I think looters will largely disappear And some of those other sort of Heavy orc units will just dry up in favour of more boys. Um, yeah,
0: boys Boys before toys will just become the uh, the catch call of every Orc army.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I find it hard to think of a way that that's going to work any other way for the Orc list, I think. Um, I think you're right in that the the ITC kind of changes will probably affect Castellan attendance more, perhaps, than the points will. But the points, I think, are still forcing people to make some decisions. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out, whether that's you know, two detachments instead of three or, you know, you start losing some of those bully unit kind of uh, strengths in your list, that kind of thing. I don't know yet.
0: Um, okay. Well, that, look, I, I would probably agree with you on most of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest prediction and the one that I was going to make is that, you know, maybe we're going to see a lot more um, assault Marines back on the table just in regards to, like, fly.
1: Yeah, I was uh, trying to avoid Assault Marines specifically because they're still shit.
0: Yeah, and I like to, uh, to be shit
1: cross screen.
0: Really good. I yeah, like Assault yeah, Marines. Yeah.
1: Help me. Well, I mean, you have got Angels, right? You've got Sanguinary Guard and Death Company. There we
0: yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I I just think that the, the biggest shift's going to be maybe less screening chaff um, and more. Fly keyword, but less aircraft fly keyword. Yeah, nice? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> like some of the utility from planes has disappeared, yep. whereas the utility for jump pad yep. guys and whatnot has gone up a fair bit. So yes, yes, yeah. I, I guess it's always a wait and see kind of thing, but yeah. No, um, as we were saying before, you know, it really didn't matter what they did in this FAQ. Would probably still be playing the game. Uh, yes. Yep. You actually, like
1: it. Speaking of, I have a game tomorrow night. Actually, so we'll get to—I'll get to oh, practice. That's exciting! Who are you playing? Yeah. Um, one of the lads in the Hawkesbury League. So, yeah. um, that's I think five weeks where once a week you play someone, post your results online, and we keep track of it. Um, yeah, looking to capitalize on on the tournament on the weekend. I'm trying to do a little bit more organized play. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that'd
0: that'd be a bit, very cool. Well, a thousand
1: well, points though, so it's extra points.
0: Okay, but it's still, been it's still quite small. It's still quite small. Okay. That's all right. Mm-hmm. So you're running your uh, running your gene steals again?
1: Sure am. Double battalion. Ooh. Um, but also anointed throng. So I think I've got 11 command points to start with, with plus D3.
0: Jesus. No, that's enough wrong. Enough I have
1: points. 10 or 9. Sorry?
0: That's not too bad out of 1,000 points.
1: And I have four warlord traits.
0: Jesus. <laughs> Nerf no, gene steal occults.
1: And two relics. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could have gone for five all on traits, but that felt a bit excessive. Jesus
0: Christ. Poor guy. That would hit him. Do you know what he's playing?
1: Um, I actually have no idea. Hey.
0: Okay. So, Hopefully it's a large mallet to smack your guys.
1: Yeah, well, if it's knights, I'm not terribly worried because I think I can still beat a 1,000 points at knights with yep. the rock swords I've got in the Aberrant.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh,
1: plus the Abominance in there now too, so he can just run up and hit something.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: And I the... Mean- Double double, plus one strength, plus Kelimorph? one attack now. Sorry?
0: Double Kelomorph?
1: No, single Kelomorph. I couldn't fit the second one in. Ah. Um, but, you know, still a Kelomorph who's just going to yeah. be like, oh, that character over there, he's gone now.
0: There's enough cheese in that list, it sounds like. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Well, yeah. look, you can tell us all about that on the uh, the next episode.
1: Yeah, looking forward uh, to it. That'll be good. But thank you for
0: uh, going on this amazing uh, breakneck ride with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, If you can uh, be so kind, uh, you can leave us reviews on iTunes. Um, Apparently. Somebody mentioned to me the other day that it's still possible to do that sort of thing. So please leave us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, Preferably five-star ones. But, uh, yeah, whatever you can, you'll be able to do it there. Uh, I think you can rate us on Podcast Garden if that's that's our hosting site. So, if anybody's picking us up direct from there, I think you can. I think it might be stars. You give us five stars or something like that, whatever it is. Um, maybe, five maybe, maybe just tell your friends. Tell your friends all about us. Yep. Uh, and then we'll have our people talk to your people and we'll make a connection. And I think that's probably where we need to leave it. So, good night. Good luck. And we'll see you soon.
1: Indeed. Uh, play fair. <laughs> back.